Percy, you know that some people are still reluctant to have a conversation about cancer. Should this conversation be held in all communication outlets? You know, Wayne, with the prospect of approximately 30% of the American population, according to the National Cancer Institute, potentially being diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, and the fact that every social subgroup of people are impacted by this disease daily, I would emphatically say yes. I think every communication outlet should promote discussions about this disease. Let's have a conversation today about just that and an outlet that is doing just that. Yeah, we'll talk with two friends, two radio broadcasters who are allowing their platform to be used to have the conversation about cancer. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come on and join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. I'm Wayne Shepard, and we're going to hear from these friends today. I know them well, but I didn't know that you knew them. So this is this is kind of fun to hear from them today, Percy. Well, with that being said, blessed is this man who knows a Wayne Shepard and then now is working with some folks who know Wayne Shepard. I feel the most fortunate <laughs> of all people. And yes, uh, we're going to talk today with uh, two wonderful folks that I now call friend who have embraced the message of talking about faith and cancer and have allowed me opportunity to have time on their platform to do so. And we're going to hear some very interesting things and we're going to switch the tables on these individuals. They're yeah. used to asking the questions, not being yeah. asked questions. Percy, if you'd only come to me, I would have warned you. Oh, I'm sorry. I wouldn't have warned you. I would have told you about Don Ray and Steve Hiller. They are that part of that special breed of morning mm. radio people, um, mm. but they are an extra special breed because they make room for you on yeah. their morning radio show from time to time, right? And uh, yeah, I'm so grateful. I love them. I have fallen in love with them literally, and they have embraced and entreated me as a brother and a friend. And we had an opportunity to connect at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference as I met so many people. And uh, they agreed to sit down and allow me to ask them some really, uh, I think, profound questions on why they allow their platform and are allowing their platform to be utilized to talk about cancer. All right. We'll have that conversation with Don and Steve and Percy coming up here in just a moment. Here's our question of the week. How comfortable are you in holding a conversation about cancer? Are you mm. comfortable talking about it? Why or why not? How comfortable are you? You can answer the question if you would at healthhopeandinspiration.com when you click on connect. It's that easy. And we really would like to connect with you and get your response to the question. These uh, questions we pose are not just to fill time, Percy. These are designed to help us understand where you are and what you're going through. Absolutely. We want you to know that we are invested, concerned, and we want to hear from you. We want to engage with you and want you to engage back with us. And when we have opportunity, we'll read some of your responses on some future shows just to kind of share with people what some of the listening audience are thinking. And it may very well be that others are thinking the same thing. So again, help us as we continue to reach and also gives me show ideas for topics for us to talk about in the future as well. Well, you're looking over some of the responses we've received recently. Uh, what do you have there in hand? 
Indeed. And so we do have a answer of a question that was asked previously on another show. And this responded is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. But the question is, have you ever lost confidence in the healthcare system? Have you ever lost confidence in the healthcare system, but was able later to believe again and why? And here is the answer. There were times that I definitely felt very confused and rushed, which left me disenchanted as a whole. My caregiver helped me to take charge of my care plan and hold my team more accountable. And that helped me regain confidence in the healthcare system. And I can tell you, Wayne, that this is another one of those nuanced dynamics from a patient experience perspective that really does matter. Because when you don't feel that you're connected with your care team or your care environment, then you feel, you know, disconnected. You feel like that you're not part of the process. All right. Well, again, our question this week, how comfortable are you in holding a conversation about cancer? Simply go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on connect and answer the question. If you would, it would be so appreciated. Well, if you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Reach out for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope, and it's a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number to dial is 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is part of City of Hope, and it uses a patient-centered approach to a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's go on the road now with Percy McRae as he visited Nashville, Tennessee and the National Religious Broadcasters Convention and sat down with a couple of good friends. Well, hey, 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 I'm back again with another segment And boy, am I excited today. I'm always excited. I tell you that every time I come before you, but I really am super excited. I have some special guests today, uh, co-host of the nationally syndicated Moody radio show, Dawn and Steve in the Morning. And they graciously allowed me every month to do about a 20-minute segment on their show providing inspirational tips to the cancer community. But today, we're going to flip the table around on them, and we're going to ask them some questions. And I'm so privileged and honored, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for the invitation. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you. Well, you guys have been nothing but gracious and kind to me. And I want to say first publicly thank you for having access to your pulpit, if you will, and to your audience, your platform. it's, It's large, and I know you speak to a lot of people on a regular basis and allowing the conversation of cancer to be part of that. Uh, Some may ask, you know, what was that all about? But I'm graciously uh, excited and appreciative of that fact. And that leads me into my first question. Why did you guys feel uh, it important in allowing the topic of cancer to be highlighted on your platform and to your audience? I would think that it is a no-brainer because so many families, so many people are impacted Mm. by this diagnosis. Every one of us knows someone, if not our own selves, that have had to deal with this. So why wouldn't we bring it to the faith community 
the extra encouragement, somebody that's walked it like yeah. you have, Percy, yeah. and then walking alongside so many others. Yeah, and I think people need a safe place to be able to maybe think through some of these things, to be encouraged, to maybe be uh, challenged if they are not the patient themselves, but they know someone who is dealing with cancer, uh, just to be encouraged to step up, to be engaged in, in that person's faith journey. So I would agree 100% with Don. Why would we not do this? Well, with that, you are listening today to Steve Hiller and Dawn Ray, again, co-host of the nationally syndicated Moody Radio Show, Dawn and Steve, in the morning. And uh, we're talking with them today. They usually are asking the questions, and they're usually driving the conversation. Today, they've graciously agreed to sit and, and, and be with me today as we talk about the value and the importance uh, of talking about cancer and cancer support from a faith-based perspective. Uh, I never asked you guys prior to this, but have you either of you ever been impacted by cancer indirectly or directly? Well, I've never been a patient myself, but I have family members who have. I still remember the phone call several years ago where my dad called and said, uh, I have cancer. Mm. And, you know, that was one of those phone calls that you never want to get. Right. Uh, it it kind of causes you to pause for a moment, take a deep breath and okay, you know, then begin to ask the questions. How serious is it? What does it look like? Yeah. Where are you at with this? Yeah. What's going on? And um, and then, you know, it just really reminded me of the fragility of life, mm. um, that cancer hits those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior and those who don't, right. uh, that, you know, whether you have been uh, following and walking with Jesus for, for years or not, it doesn't matter. We're not immune. Uh, we all are going to have to probably deal with it and be impacted it, uh, impacted by it in one way or another. Yeah. Dawn, how about you, sweetie? Well, my precious stepdaddy had to deal with cancer mm -hmm. several years back. Same questions. What What's going to happen? Is this terminal right now? Yeah. A uh, couple of friends, too, that have walked through that journey. Mm -hmm. And when they're so close to you and, you know, we cheer one another on to love and good works, right. that's true. But then something like this inters intersects and you want to walk that road and you sometimes don't know how to be the encouragement. So, yeah, it's impacted us. And uh, oftentimes I find myself going, what do I say? Mm, and yeah. then I talk to the Reverend Percy McRae and I learn <laughs> how to come alongside a friend or a family member and that saying nothing sometimes is okay. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And as I often tell people, cancer is not an individual sport. Cancer is a community disease. It's a family disease. And so uh, it impacts more people than I think people think or realize. And so uh, having said that, uh, have you guys, during those conversations, uh, were you ever intimidated by the cancer conversation on what to say or when to say it? Because I know a lot of people struggle with uh, this dynamic of what am I supposed to do? You know, I had someone tell me that I know you were telling me you had a, uh, a dear friend of yours that was stepping through this process a little bit. And you had asked me some questions kind of off air one time. Uh, have you ever felt intimidated by the cancer conversation? Let's talk about it. Absolutely, because you don't want to say the wrong thing, and yet sometimes we'll blurt something out mm. just thinking that we're going to say the right word or 
say the magic word. And of course, we don't believe in magic, mm-hmm. but you know, say that right thing right. that just brings comfort. Yep. And oftentimes, we'll say the exact opposite. Yeah. And we've hurt that friend, or that's new to them. That's the other thing. Like it's a new diagnosis. They don't even know what they're dealing with yet. Yeah. Yet we're jumping in saying, "Okay, well, the Lord is the one who heals." Mm-hmm. Truth. Mm-hmm. But it may not be the time yeah. to say that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been an intimidating thing. I've been uh, oftentimes afraid to say something. And it's one of the reasons why I feel privileged and honored to have a very unique calling in ministry, if you will. 26 years, as you guys know, we've talked about. Because when I initially started out, I wasn't really sure, like, why this space, Lord? Hmm. And I remember uh, when I started, so many people, even still to this day, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to say or do, so I don't say or do anything. And many cancer patients feel that trepidation, that hesitation, and that's a loss for them because in many cases, they really do want you to be there. But again, it's that it's that push and pull of when, where, how, and what. What say you, my friend? Yeah, I would say similar. I remember the first time that I really remember cancer impacting our family in some way, and that was just a really close family friend who had a four-year-old little boy Mm. who was diagnosed with cancer. And at the time, I was a college student uh, and really didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. Um, My parents, you know, had a very close relationship with this family, and I was, for so many years, just kind of the kid in there and so when their child then ended up being diagnosed with cancer uh, and went through that battle kind of not really knowing what to do Mm. what to say and I think because in part I was still somewhat young uh, didn't hadn't walked that road before with anybody didn't know what to do and and the patient was only four Mm. and you know that was kind of a loss to what, what do I do about that you know cancer was this thing that hits old people right you know not this four year old little boy right and he ended up losing his battle to cancer. Yeah. And I, I still remember to this day, I think that is the hardest funeral yeah. that I ever have attended. Just uh, realizing that, you know, cancer takes the young, takes the old. It, it doesn't discriminate. Absolutely. And then, you're, yeah, years later, like I mentioned, when my dad was diagnosed, um, that was a little bit easier mm. uh, to deal with that. And I think in part because it was a different relationship. Yeah. You know, we had talked about all sorts of things over the years and, you know, we're able to you know, talk, I think, more kind of a man to man type of thing. How mm-hmm. you doing? Because mm-hmm. I was at a different stage of life, too. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about that comment, Steve, in general, a couple of things that comes to mind is that, yeah, you're right. We do tend to think that cancer is an old person's disease. And, and that's just absolutely not the case. I recall yeah. a patient young, beautiful, vibrant young lady that I was supporting. She probably was 29, 30 years of age. And I remember she looked at me at the tail end of her course of treatment with a big tear in her eye. She said, Reverend McCray, why is it so hard to get healed from cancer? And I'm, hmm. I'm sitting there going, oh, you know. And, um, and she passed away. And, uh, it, and I eulogized her funeral. And it was probably the most difficult eulogy I ever had to give. Yeah. And I mean, my legs felt like rubber at the podium because you're trying to help everyone understand and come to terms with this young person. So cancer is indiscriminate uh, and it affects the old. It impacts the young. As a matter of fact, uh, all of the National Cancer Institutions uh, and organizations uh, throw this term out or this this number out about 39 percent 
of Americans potentially will be diagnosed at some point with cancer in their lifetime. That's a large number. Now, the good news is, is that in the last 20 years, the death rate of cancer has gone down precipitously by 31%. So more and more people are surviving and thriving through a cancer diagnosis than yeah. any time ever before. So we have to work with that push and pull of younger people uh, contracting cancer, but also be encouraged that there are more people who are surviving and thriving with cancer. Having said all of that, you know, you guys are media personalities, you know, and you have a large platform. You speak to a lot of people uh, on a daily basis, and of course, it's been, and you're also members of the faith community. What have you observed? You're not a healthcare professional, so we're not asking you to speak from that perspective, but you speak to a lot of people, and you know people. You're part of a community. You're part of local churches and et cetera. What have you observed as possible hindrances or struggles for people battling cancer from your observational perspective? What, you want to take that one first? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of those things is people kind of wondering about the goodness of God mm. in the midst of that. Um, why would God allow me to yep. be diagnosed with this? Why would he allow me to come down with cancer? Why am I having to walk this road in? And how do I do that? Yeah. How do I do that well? Yeah. How do I do that faithfully? Yeah. Um, and I, I think another question that I've heard uh, people vocalize sometimes is, is God punishing me? Yep. Is this something that God has allowed me to now have to deal with because of yeah. whatever sin I have in my yeah. past, yeah. Yeah. bad mistakes I made and, and stuff? And so, well, is this, in a sense, his judgment on yeah. me for something? You're right. Why me? Why now? And, you know, is this a result of sin in my life? Probably the two biggest questions historically that I've had to address with people inside of the of the healthcare environment of trying to uh, rationalize and make sense of what is happening in my life. And what's interesting, you know, when I was diagnosed, uh, coming up now, wow, on three years, which is, praise God, yes. uh, I'm doing well, <laughs> everything is great. Uh, and I remember when I started sharing that with friends of mine who know me and I'm in the ministry and et cetera, and I remember one friend of mine, he was like, Percy, do you not find it odd or are you not angry at the fact that you've dedicated your life and ministry to supporting cancer patients and here you are now being diagnosed with cancer? Did that bother you or did you struggle with that? And so the why me question is probably top of mind. Yep. And then the second, and this is primarily a mistake too, that a lot of uh, well-intended believers who are trying to encourage cancer patients sometime default to sort of like Job's friends, what did you do? How did you miss God? Where did you get out of the will of God? And this sometimes can happen in the in the faith community, in the faith camp. And I come out of that camp. I went to, you know, Rama Bible Training Center and mm -hmm. in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, right down the street from Oral Roberts University. And sometimes that that theological bent sometimes goes there in terms of you're out the will of God or you stepped out of the will of God or you didn't make the right confession of faith or what have you. And again, I want to be clear, I'm not you know categorizing all people out of the faith camp, but sometimes we can default to that kind of theological point. And if you recall, Job's friends was like, man, what did you do? Right. I mean, my goodness, look at all that happened to you. And as we know, the narrative of Job, Job didn't do anything. He was a just and upright man. And yeah. so 
to try to associate or disassociate sin or being out of the will of God is a key a psychological and emotional and theological hurdle that many believers have to have to overcome. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. What about you, Don? I think I have noted fear, a lot of fear in our friends that have uh, gotten the diagnosis. Mm. Am I going to lose my hair? Yeah. Will I get really sick yep. from the treatments? What's going to happen to my body? Mm. Will I be cold? Like my friend that goes through chemotherapy when she was going through that season, cold, really cold. Yep. Do I just go ahead and shave my head now, mm. especially for gals? Yep. I think that's probably Well, I was going to say that. I was yeah. going to go there. Okay. Yeah. Especially for female. I mean, there's a lot of things that we're used to that are about to change. Yep. And we want to know how much of that is going to change. And how do we deal with it? Will I deal with it well as, yeah. a, as a person that follows the Lord? Yeah. Or will I get angry yep. with him and, and just go through that process. I mean, there, there's fear of emotions mm. and fear of physical ramifications. And and it's really addressing and dealing with, thank you for bringing it up, uh, the potential of a new normal as I've, I've, you know, and I know people have now grown tired of that phraseology because of COVID, but prior to COVID, there was a reality called cancer that that very much was a huge uh, left turn that many people had to adjust to Men and women, women particularly around appearance, you know, when we talk about breast cancer, you know, and all that may happen there, and particularly with regard to losing your hair. I remember a gal who sat down with me, and she said, Reverend, uh, <laughs> she was from the South, and so this is my best Southern uh, attempt. At <laughs> this will be good, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so she said, Reverend McCray, you know, I I just made a decision that I just, I just decided to just I just decided to just cut my hair. I wasn't going to wait for it to fall out because I wanted to take control of the situation. You know, cancer is not controlling me. And so when I go to the grocery store, I take my wig off and I walk around because I just want people to ask me what's going on so I can tell them about the goodness of the Lord. And I have a grocery store ministry. True story. Wow. I will never forget this as long. She said, I took control of that situation. Instead of waiting for my hair to fall out, I decided to shave my own hair because I'm in control of this situation. And so that's a real dynamic. It's a real mental and emotional hurdle that people have to navigate and negotiate with regard to changes that may be temporary for the fellas. Let's get on the other side of the gate now. Uh, prostate cancer and some of the major dynamics that can take place there, particularly with uh, relationships with their wives, some men that that changes permanently and they have to readjust. I've had men who have literally laid their head in my arms and weep yeah. because they said, no one told me. I, I wasn't prepared for ED. I wasn't prepared for, you know, incontinence. I'm wearing a diaper right now. So these are some dynamics that you speak to that in terms of a new normal of and the fear that comes with that. And we as the local faith community, so let's swing it back to what what I'm really here to do. We've got to be prepared to help those that we know that are our brothers and our sisters that we go to church with, family and friends to negotiate that because those are real possible changes of a new normal so i really uh appreciate you bringing that up and i would think another fear that a lot of guys might carry is well what's going to happen to my family yep. if i'm gone what is going to happen to my wife Huge. what is going to happen to my kids yep. i'm not there to be the provider the yep. protector like that anymore yep. are they going to be okay yes 
So there are all of these nuanced dynamics of realities of cancer patients that we have to be equipped, prepared, and mindful of that we may have to sit down and help someone step through that conversation. And again, Dawn, as you said, we need to let them drive the bus. We need to be mindful of when, where, how to push and pull. But there are a multiplicity of dynamics. And and I'm just grateful that, that you guys with your platform are allowing this conversation to take place. And you've befriended yours truly, and I'm grateful for that as we can continue to speak to the multitudes around the dynamics of cancer and how to support and be better aware of that. With the little time that we have left, and man, I could talk to you guys forever. Uh, I really could. Uh, I love you so much, and I have such a regard and respect oh, for well, you. Well, that's mutual. Yes. In your opinion, um, why is faith such an important component for people battling cancer? Why is, and I want to set this up this way. When I started out doing this, this was a huge struggle to talk with the medical community to get them to buy into allowing faith to be part of the conversation. And likewise, it was a huge struggle of getting people of faith to have trust and confidence in the medical community and bridging the gap between the two. It was sort of like a custody battle between a husband and a wife fighting for their child. And the docs were like, listen, we've got this. We don't really need to be dealing with this faith thing. You know, medicine and science, we'll, we'll stay there. And a lot of pastors 26 years ago were like, listen, we've got this faith thing and all we need to do is pray for people. And, you know, and, and we don't need to be really dealing with the medicine and science. You know, we don't really have a lot of confidence in those guys. I found this bicker and this fight and the cancer patient wanted to live both with mom and dad. And they felt like that they were being pulled in a tug of war. And so I've talked to a lot of uh, patients who have struggled with, well, if I'm seeing my doctor, am I really walking in faith? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I really yeah. trusting God? I feel like maybe I'm cheating on God, like I got another lover here somewhere. And I want to talk about or hear from your perspective, you know, why is faith such an important component for people battling cancer, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I would want to say to that is God uses means. You know, God can. Yes heal in an instant should he choose to yes god can remove cancer and do these things and sometimes we hear stories along those lines but more often than not i believe that god works through means he works through doctors he works through uh, medicine he works through all of these things to accomplish his purposes and so um i think you know the patient shouldn't have to choose (laughs) because he you know may choose to heal instantaneously, yes. but I think very often he chooses to use these means to bring about his purposes and what and what he wants uh, to accomplish there. But why is faith so important? I think for a number of different reasons. Uh, one is dealing with that fear yeah. that Don brought up uh, yeah. just a little bit ago. You know, 365 times, I believe it is, in the Bible, it says, do not fear yeah. or fear not. Yes, and, you know, there are just so many Bible verses, biblical principles, the the nature, the character of God that um, I think we need to cling to as we walk through the difficulties of life. Um, Like I said, I've never been uh, diagnosed with cancer, but, you know, as being around uh, friends and family members who have, um, just them being able to turn to 
the truth of God's word, to be able to cling to his promises and to try and walk that journey yeah. uh, without the fear that is there. Um, knowing that there is a God yep. who is sovereign, who is in control, and whether he chooses to heal them on this side of eternity or not, yes, sir. Uh, he is still a good God, yeah. a loving God, even when in, we may not feel it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can stand on the truth of his word. We can cling to that faith. We can trust in his goodness and know that ultimately, whether we're healed on this side or the other side of eternity, one day we will experience ultimate healing. That's a good word, my friend. That's a good word. My dear, I'm going to give you the last word on this subject. I was talking to a friend at lunch today. Death is a door. We don't know what the door is going to be painted with. Mm. Will it say cancer? Will it say Mm. car accident? Will it say heart attack? What will that door say? We don't know, but we do know we're going to step through it. And when we step through it, the more important question is not what took us there, Mm. but what's going to happen the minute we step through it. Praise God. Do we know Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Do we have the confidence that he paid the penalty for our sin? Yes. That he died on the cross, that he was buried Mm. and resurrected? Do we place our faith in the one who has given it all for us so that we could forever step through that door and be with him? Yeah. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard Mm. what's in store for those who love the Lord. So what does the door say? I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that once I step through it, I'm home. And you know what's so powerful about that word? I was going to say preach, sister. I was about to take up the offering. (laughs) Hallelujah. Is that I think a lot of times, particularly for people of faith, we want to control what the door looks like. Sure. We want to paint that door to look a certain way that we want it to be. And we just simply do not get the privilege to do that. But when we understand and tap back into the reality of who he is in our life, and we are connected with him, we know that we're going to a far better place. I believe the Apostle Paul said it best. He said, listen, I am now ready to be offered up. I'm ready now to be poured out like an offering. He said, I've run a good race. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He said, I'm ready now to go. And I think that when we understand that, Whatever that door is that we have no control over the knob, if it's brass, if it's silver, you know, if it's wood, aluminum, whatever the door is painted with, that that door is taking us and we're going to graduate to a far greater reality uh, in being with our Lord and Savior. Guys, I appreciate you guys taking time. We're, you know, we're here at the NRB, National Religious Broadcasters Conference, and they're working, actually. And so with that, they took time out of their schedule uh, to break away from, you know, the Dawn and Steve uh, morning show. So you have heard today from Don Ray and Steve Hiller, my friends, and they have allowed me to be on their platform about 20 minutes once a month. So tune in to the Don and Steve show uh, morning show on Moody Radio by Moody Radio Bible uh, Institute show and listen to uh, them. And you can catch me as I give inspirational tips. But I thank you guys today for sharing with me from your heart. Uh, your perspectives, and we needed to hear that you 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 have a voice, and you speak to a lot of people who also count on you in the morning. And so I thought it would be important to hear what you guys had to say about the subject of cancer. Thank you for being my partners. Thank you for being my friend and, and being my brother and my sister. 
Uh, I love you guys so much, and I tell everybody I'm so privileged to know them and be connected <laughs> with them. I brag about it all the time. We love you. Well, well, thank you for the invitation, yes. and uh, we're so grateful for you, too, mm-hmm. for taking your time to join us regularly. Well, we're going to continue to pray for your reach and your scope and that, that you will continue to send anointed messages and words to people. And uh, I'll do my part and give my measure as we continue to move forward. Today you have heard from Dawn Ray and Steve Hiller, of the national uh, syndicated Moody radio show, Dawn and Steve in the morning. Uh, Take care. Have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Percy will join us again here in the studio in just a moment. According to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetimes. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. So to address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, You'll receive information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Great to have Steve and Dawn join us here through that conversation with Percy McRae. I know you love these folks, and they love you, Percy. I do. Absolutely. I respect them highly, obviously, as being trained professional broadcasters. And they have a huge platform, as you know, Wayne, uh, reaching millions of people in the morning with hope and inspiration. And I'm grateful that uh, our message of health, hope and inspiration and the ability to talk about, in some cases, a very complicated and difficult conversation that some people are not comfortable in holding and having They've allowed time and access to their platform to continue to hold this discussion and to continue to encourage the body of Christ. Yeah, well, thanks for what you're doing to respond to that invitation, Percy. One thing I've not mentioned today yet is our free resource, Reducing Your Risk of Cancer. That Mm. is available at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. So when you go to answer a question this week about how comfortable you are in holding a conversation about cancer, Uh, Also look for that free resource, Reducing Your Risk of Cancer. Can we return to that scripture passage we opened with earlier? So again, and again, uh, to Steve and uh, Dawn, thank you guys so much. I love you tremendously. Uh, We're going to close the way we started, my friend, and that is with Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, verses 7, and it reads as following. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that bringeth good tithings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. That describes who Steve and Dawn is, what they're doing with their platform. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of them that bring good tidings. Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of that process as we continue to encourage the cancer community with health, hope, and inspiration. And that'll wrap up this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. God bless you, Percy. We'll talk next time. God bless you, my friend. And hey, as the old song used to be sung, go tell it on the mountain. And so remember, we've got work to do, so let's keep chopping. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.